Okay, guys, just a quick wrap-up. Really been wonderful. Wasn't that a great time just to... Wonderful to see how many people were thinking along the same lines. And, um, yeah, just, just great. I, I, was saying to, I was saying to Greg now, actually, that's, um, we're ministering at uh, North Hills Church in a couple of weekends' time. I think I've got my preaching notes there. Just how do we move from there to there to there to there? There we go. Got them. And it uh, really is wonderful, eh, guys. Just uh, want to take this moment just to wrap up what God is doing with us. As I said earlier, I'm so excited about what Chris, I've got no idea what he's coming to preach about tomorrow. But I am exceptionally excited because it would be wonderful to see God pulling all of this together somehow. I'm not sure how, but he's going to. And um, what I wanted to do is just highlight to us as we move now, Beth had this, before I do that, before I do that, before Beth's scripture, Faye Williams win. Where are you? Faye, there we go. There's a thing there. Beth said you had an incredible picture that is, needs to be shared. Thanks, everyone. Um, part of my picture actually came up on one of the other boards, which is amazing and just um, was confirmation for me. Just in praying for this leadership time, I had such a clear picture of um, just hands, weathered hands, holding this old brass wash basin um, and then all you could see were the hands and the arm with a with a towel over the arm and it was just that with the water in front of it no no face no 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 anything so for about a week before the leadership meeting I've said okay God is that washing of feet you know we did that last year that's amazing but what does that mean and I think just through what's been spoken around through everyone else there's just some things that have come out of that for me just in terms of um, what was mentioned of, of, of Jesus saying to me and saying to us have, have you allowed me, Jesus, to wash your feet, to minister to you Brilliant. before you go out to wash um, others' feet? Oh. And just in, in the, the, the picture, I mean, I don't want to put too much to it, but there, there, there wasn't a face to it. And I loved where Stan spoke about putting a picture of Jesus up and how we always try and interpret Jesus. There wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't a picture there, but in the water there was a reflection. And, and I kept saying, Jesus, is, is that you washing our feet or me going out washing others' feet? And he said, does it matter? If, oh, yeah. if I'm reflected in that water, does it matter? Wow. Um, so Great. it was just a powerful image for me in terms of allowing Jesus to minister to us and serve us in then our, our going out and serving others. Wonderful. Brilliant fact. <laughs> Lovely, man. Beth had this scripture for this in praying for this time. Romans chapter 15, verse 5 and 6. She said this. The Bible said this. Beth put it on the group. Sorry, Beth didn't say this, but she passed it on. You got it. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity amongst yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the God who gives you endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ. And I think in these days ahead, unity of the church is, gonna, is, is so key for what God wants to do in this city. 
I'm more than ever convinced that God wants to use KZN as a beginning of something. All I've got to do is look at COVID, looting, and flooding, and know that, hang on, God's got something for this place, that, he's trying, that the enemy's trying to scupper. But it's going to come through this thing called unity. And as I said earlier, I just, our oneness, our oneness, our unity comes because it's all on Jesus. Jesus God's spoken through his son. So, so if there's one voice and it's one person and it's one clarion call, that's where we pull our unity. It comes under Jesus. It comes together in Jesus, which doesn't mean uniformity. As you can see from all of these things, different people hear things slightly differently, interpret things very slightly differently, and then come up with answers that are slightly different. But it's all the same Jesus. It's all the same Holy Spirit putting those pictures, and it's a beautiful picture of unity, these, these um, pictures, these boards. You see, unity comes because we know Jesus. And because we committed to the bride, groom, it means we committed to the bride. Because we find him, because we're in covenant with him, we're in covenant with each other. Because Jesus is sufficient of all times and all ages and all places, we find our unity in him. And through the ages, the church finds their togetherness in him. I love the fact that Matthew chapter 18 talks about agreement. Friends, agreement is a very powerful thing. If you, what you give agreement to establishes in your life. You can give agreement to lies, you can give agreement to truth. And Matthew chapter 18 is that thing where two or three of you get together and agree, something gets established. And it's very, very powerful. That, that word agreement, agree there, is, is where we get our word symphonize from. So it's, it's, unity is Jesus playing an orchestra, a symphony of different, different um, instruments playing different notes, but together making a unified noise, a unified musical piece. This is what unity is in the kingdom of God. And friends, we've got to learn to harmonize and symphonize with each other. See, agreement, unity is not people being too scared to disagree. That's not unity. That's fear. Unity does not mean everybody thinks the same. Unity does not mean everybody just tolerates one another and shuts up. You know, you, know you can speak the truth. Truth sets you free. So you can have truth that will set you free, but it's love that keeps you together. So when you have speaking the truth in love, you have freedom and togetherness, together. So you've got the freedom not to be together, but you've got love that binds you together. It's a beautiful thing when the church comes together in unity, friends. And I want to, Leviticus chapter 26 is a beautiful example of this. In verse 8 it says, five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will chase 10,000, and your enemies will force, fall by the sword before you. One de to defeat 20. Five of you will chase a hundred. And 10 of you will chase a thousand. You see the, the math there, it's multiplied. 
So five of you, one in 20, but t- what's it, 10 over 1,000? What's that one in what? One in 100. So one will defeat 100 in, the, in that um, scenario, and in this one here, one of you will defeat 100. A, a, a one of you will defeat one in 20 and one in 100. But the difference is there's one, five of you here and there's 100 of you there. See, the togetherness, the multiplication of togetherness is, a, is an exponential uh, a power released to it in winning the battles that God's called us to do. Matthew chapter 12, verse 25 says this. Every kingdom, Jesus says this, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Division causes weakness and division is a weapon in the devil's hand to bring, to to nullify what God wants to do. Friends, we've got a God as leaders. One of our jobs is to guard the unity, is to guard the togetherness, which doesn't mean tolerating people. It means dealing with stuff means speaking to people and bringing it out and, and not gossiping and not talking behind people's back, but rather going and speaking to people. It, 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 it's not putting your head in the sand. It's just having the courage in love to work things out. And going forward, it is going to be a massive, massive task. I tell you what, when revival comes, friends, that everything is going to come against it. And what, you know the thing that has dispelled... Um, Revivals in the past is disunity. That's true. The Azusa Street revival stopped because of racism. It started in this in this backwater place, and it was division. It was racism that stopped the thing from carrying on. There's always will there always be something to divide the church when God is moving and pushing in a direction. And we've got to make sure as leaders we are standing in that thing and making sure that we are bringing that together and not being the agent. You know, God says he'll put a hedge around you. He says to Job, I'll put a hedge around you. The enemy gets in when there's a hole in the hedge. And what we can't do as leaders is we can't be the hole in the hedge that gets in. We've got to make sure that we are guarding each other, that we are thinking the best of each other, and we're guarding the unity of what God is doing amongst us. If I look... As I said earlier, we look, at, we look for tricks and we look for all these formulas of how to bring the blessing of God and how to bring the favor of God. When you look at Acts chapter 2, over and over again it says, and they were together, and they were together, and they shared and they had everything in common. And it's incredible. It says they, they, they were, had glad and sincere hearts. There was a joy there. And, it's, and it says that they had favor with all the people. It's amazing. That togetherness created favor with all the people, not just people in the church, but favor with all the people, and God added to their number daily. I tell you what, unity, a sense of togetherness, a sense of the people's presence together with the presence of God is what God adds people to. It's attractive to the world. It's attractive to what's out there because you don't get it anywhere else very easily at all. So just... Psalm 33, just to end off with this. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard of Aaron. On the beard of Aaron. Running down the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For, where, there, the Lord, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. 
So he describes this beautiful picture of unity where people are dwelling together in unity and there's these wonderful, this wonderful sense of being together. It's good and pleasant when people are dwelling together in unity. Good and pleasant. The pleasant is like such a nice word, don't you? Like it's a pleasant thing. It's like it's delightful, it's sweet, it's lovely, it's agreeable. It's good and pleasant. Don't you want to have a pleasant life? Like I'm thinking, oh Lord, that's so that's peace. And God says it's good and it's pleasant when you dwell. It's sweet, it's agreeable. There's something there that's that's so attractive when people dwell together in unity. And then he starts to talk about an oil. You know we want more anointing, friends. More anointing comes from more unity. I'm convinced more and more and more, friends, this thing, it's like God lands on a, on a, on a together people. It, God lands on a together. There's an anointing that runs down. There's an oil that begins to flow. On the beard. You know where maturity comes? The environment for maturity is in the place of unity. When there's disunity in a family, there's a, the, the kids don't grow up properly. They grow up with a limp. There's something that they've got to deal with later on in life. But when there's, a, when there's, when there's unity, when there's a sense of togetherness, when there's a sense of working out your stuff with each other, and not talking about each other, and not talking about other churches, and not talking about hey, this, and not getting excited because those guys are going through a hard time. And not, you know, and you can easily, you kind of get courage. Are oh, you going through a hard time? Oh, I feel so encouraged because me too. But friends, there's something of a maturity. God adds, God adds maturity to a people that are together. There's a Jew, the Jew of Hermon. It refreshes, it invigorates, it brings God life. This is what unity does. It creates this environment where, where, there, where it's refreshing. Where it's a place that you want to be in. It's not a place you have to be in. It's a place that draws people. It, it's where God adds people as he, did in, as he did in Acts. He talks there about a mountain. which falls on the mountains of Zion. This is very devotional and kind of symbolic. But where there's unity, there's stability. Where there's not unity, there's instability and all kinds of shaking and all kinds of things. Friends, this is something that we have got to God. I, I am, we make much of Jesus and we stay together around Jesus in the Jesus way. I've, I've, God is going to land on us in a profound way. We, we won't, you won't have to, you'll be, people will be getting healed while, the pre, while people are preaching or during worship. People will be delivered because of the power of God, because of the stability in the place. Because, and people will be refreshed just by being with us, friends. But it's about a people being together. And even as we put these, even as we put these signs together and put all these, you can see the togetherness that God is pulling together. Some very similar thinking patterns, very similar ideas. Friends, these are the things that God has already put in your hearts. We've got to now live this out and do this together. What else? And lastly, 
It's an environment for reproduction and growth. When the dew falls on the mountains, there's fertility, friends. When God's people dwell together in unity, there is an increase in anointing. When God's people dwell together in unity, there's a maturing process that begins to happen. It's a place where people can grow up. It's a place where people can refresh themselves. We become a place of stability and we can become a place of fertility. Where actually that's where, where there's growth and there's life. That's where the sending happens. It's, it's from that togetherness. Let's guard our own hearts. The enemy to unity, friends, is selfishness. The enemy to unity is immaturity. You know, and I think part of the reason why God puts such an emphasis on unity is for a people to be in unity, there has to be maturity. It means that I don't nitpick everything about everybody. Everybody's got stuff that you prefer not to have. And we're not all with our friends that people like us. We're, in people, we're with people that are very unlike us. But we get to see them and appreciate them and, and find the togetherness and see the gold in them and draw the gold out, as Elise was saying in our group earlier. This is the, this is the environment that we want our kids to grow up in. I heard uh, somebody was chatting to me, hey, yeah, but you know in the church there's all this politics and people are this and that. And honestly, there isn't. Like there's not like... Everybody's got their stuff, friends. But actually the church, Glenridge Church, is actually in unity. There's a sense of togetherness. It doesn't mean everybody agrees with everybody and that we can do this and we can do that. That's fine. But we've got to have the grace for the difference. We've got to have the grace for what's not happening as much as we've got to have the grace for what is happening. And I, and I believe when God pulls us together in this, on this journey, we are going to, be a, we are going to see God move profoundly. Glenridge leaders, leaders in the kingdom of God, let's guard our hearts, let's guard our minds, let's guard the unity of what God is wanting to do with us. Please do not be too scared to disagree. Please, please do not be too scared to bring a different opinion, but do it in love. Please do, please bring, there, there is, there is, Part of my job and part of our job as an eldership team is to be able to take these things and weigh them up without getting offended. If I get offended because you disagree, it means it's my problem. It's my, it's my immaturity. Let's, let's make sure that we, that we find, find God and find Jesus in these days that will lead to an incredible explosion of His power and anointing around the, our lives, around this church and in our families and in the city. It's very, very exciting. Thank you for being here, guys. Thank you for being here. What's it there, Ronnie? You want something? Thank you for being here. Thanks for, for giving up a Saturday. Let's, let's get people on the journey. Let's start multiplying. You see, once you start with a little bit of togetherness, it's easy to multiply the togetherness into more and more and more and greater circles. And uh, what God has done in this day, I think just by declaring these things and just being together and seeing these things, it's God put, does something in the spiritual realm, not just the, the physical realm. God is putting, putting a stake in the ground and saying, Glenridge Church, I've got something for you and I want you to walk into it. The kingdom of God is beckoning all of us. Ronnie.
Stan doesn't know what I'm going to shame, but it's an encouragement for Stan this, this afternoon. I got up yesterday morning and I just, just one word and it was unity. I didn't know what was going to happen at the meeting. Okay? And the point that I'm mentioning is that God is on about something with Glenridge Church at the moment. And I put down something in, in terms of a little posting, which I put on social media, and it's around unity. Psalm 133, verse 1. And I put on seven points on the benefits of unity. Okay? And um, I'll give you one. Peace and harmony, prosperity and blessing, presence of God, prayers answered, and so on and so on and so on. So just know that God is highlighting something in terms of unity with Glenridge and encouragement to you, Stan. Wonderful. Thanks, Ms. Ronnie. Just when um, Ray spoke about whole and holy, I, I just have, have been noticing fence in offense. Mm that when there's a fence, it puts up a fence. And I just had such a sense of, you know those garden fences that you can just pull up and chuck away? Please, just, just pull up the fence and chuck it away. It's not worth having fences. We need this unity. It's where God will flow. So, yeah. Fence and offense. Got it in my notes. Very good. There we go. You're going to hear that again. <laughs> Friends, we're an ordinary group of people that serves an extraordinary God, and we've got to trust Him. Yeah. I, I, it, it's, it is, it's so exciting to be alive in these days. And I trust that we've just narrowed into something a little bit just to stir our hearts back to Jesus, back to the kingdom of God, and back to what He's wanting to do with us. Friends, your job now is to lead and bring people on the journey bring people along the journey it's incredible God, God is opening up opportunities Nick and Jan go to the south coast with a team to preach to young adults uh, Chris um, Bredenkamp was with uh, last weekend was in a church preaching in Pinetown saw, saw some miracles happen there incredible just people coming out of a lady coming out of a wheelchair after being in the wheelchair for nine years. Amazing, eh? Nine years in a wheelchair, she, she got news that her, that her son had, had died in a gang killing or gang thing. And um, Chris got the people to come up. Everybody, the whole church came up and responded to his word except for four and eventually she said, yeah, you guys just come here anyway. <laughs> and that, this lady got up and has started walking and since then has been walking amazing thing you you can you can and the picture that he actually had when he shared that in our, in our time of prayer is he said actually what God wants to do is he wants to get people out of the wheelchairs and he wants to get people off the crutches because of something that happened nine years ago because of some news and actually because he wants to put them back into back into commission so my prayer for us is that God would commission us right now But you know, commissioning, like God is, you've you got to kind of say, God, please, use me. 
Jan had this picture of us ending with a kind of a sword and dubbing people. Like just, I know, and I left my sword at home. Sorry, Jan. But I pray that the Holy Spirit would come with his sword and just touch us. And just commission us and say, God, Father, I just want to say thank you for choosing us. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for rescuing us. Thank you for putting purpose and destiny into our hearts. Thank you for, thank you for saving us. Thank you for healing us. Father, will you, will you enable us? Will you, Holy Spirit, just come and enable us right now, Lord God? Will you commission us? Will you take us to the other side? Will you help us break camp? Will you help us move from our positions into across the Jordan, Lord? Holy Spirit, only you can do it. God, are you the one that does that, not us? And I just pray for that, Lord. Please do it, Lord God. Have your way with us, Lord God. Have your way with us, Lord God. Help us to serve your people well, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We honor you. We thank you for what you're wanting to do. We want to be available, Lord. We want to have both hands up saying, God, pick me. Pray that we would leave any pain behind, Lord, as you prepare us. It's been the theme, one of the themes. Let us not be put off by the past, but let us get set alight by our future, Lord God. We bless you, we honor you, we thank you. We've got a long race ahead, Lord God. I pray that you'd strengthen and encourage every single person, Lord God. Embolden us with faith, Lord God. Holy Spirit, will you come and fill us again, just over and over again. Will we just have encounters with you that enable us to be the witnesses that you called us to be, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We honor you. In Jesus' name.